Hey friends, welcome to the Goddess Money Healing Circle podcast. My name is Essence Turner and I am your host as well as a sacred money archetypes coach and a radical forgiveness coach. I specialize in profound and deep energy healing, but this podcast is for empaths and spiritual souls who like me have a love-hate relationship with money but want to change it. Together, we will gather in circle to heal our relationship with money and change our money stories from surviving to thriving. Spiritually, circles represent God, rebirth, and growth. So come grow with me in the sacred circle as we explore metaphysics, the laws of prosperity, and the sacred money archetypes to deepen our understanding of spiritual wealth and abundance. You ready? Let's dive in. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Circle. I am your host, Essence Turner, and today I have with me a very special guest, my best friend, Pamela Sykes. I call her Cookie, so you might hear me call her Cookie during this episode. And today we are talking about the sacred money archetypes and how to make peace with money and your relationship with money. And so I invited uh, my best friend on with me because I just didn't want to have this be a one-sided conversation. I wanted to talk about the money archetypes um, in conversation and in conversation with someone who um, has a career versus another entrepreneur, because I'm sure I'm going to have more entrepreneurial conversations around this. Uh, so I wanted to have you on and just any insight or questions from you in regards to how the money archetypes may apply in the corporate world versus, you know, entrepreneurship. Um, and just, she's just a genuinely curious person. So I just want to see like what genuine questions may come up from someone who doesn't know much about the money archetypes. I have given her a few questions just to help her get her feet wet. But again, Cookie, any genuine curiosity that arises, don't hesitate to ask to keep this uh, energy and momentum of the episode going. Okay. Great. <laughs> How you feeling? I feel good. Okay. Um, and uh, coming in from the background, working in corporate, but I've also been an entrepreneur. So um, it's it's highly important for me to have this understanding to um, talk about the money archetypes and how it can affect, you know, your outcomes, you know, with your goals and things that you envision for yourself and having that good relationship around money is important. So happy to be here. Happy to have you. So do you want to tell everybody what it is that you do? Um, well, I am a training manager for a healthcare company uh, and they are one of the largest healthcare companies out of the Northeastern uh, part of the United States. I uh, work in the Medicare sales division, but I have a background also in doing taxes um, on the side. That's always kind of been my entrepreneurial side, but it's not a large business. And this is something that I do want to grow. And I do have like barriers that I realize I've set in front of me that prevents me from like progressing in a direction of growing wealth in that business. Um, so I feel like 
sometimes like when I got the vision for my goals to get to certain outcomes career-wise or working in corporate, it, it was easy for me to say yes to myself. And that was part of the, the journey. But, um, and I had a, a vision of, of um, the kind of money I wanted to make. And I envisioned it. I made, like, I made it a part of my everyday. And so I guess one of my questions about this mm-hmm will be surrounded about like, you know, if you can create that for yourself in one aspect, why is it so hard to do it for yourself, right? Like in your own business. Um, so I'll be asking some questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is wonderful. I really love that. Um, so yeah, you have a career, but you have that entrepreneurial spirit inside of you. And I mean, and I know that, but I just haven't heard you talk about that, you know, like, you wanted to do more with your own entrepreneur pursuits. So this is, this is perfect because I I tend to attract these types of women. And I know there'll be a majority that like uh, have, you know, career or like work in some aspect, but like want to start something, you know, on the side in hopes that that is one day their full-time income. So this is perfect. And, and, you know, it's funny, like, I don't talk about it because that's the obstacle that I create for myself. It's like, I want to stay hidden, mm-hmm. get in front and say, Hey, this is me and what I want to do. Right. And, um, and I know that that you need to have that in order for you to put yourself out there and, you know, get back what you're looking for. Right. But I, I got to stay silent behind the wall. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. And yes, so understanding about your archetypes will definitely help you with that. And that is probably what is holding you back. Those, those daggone archetypes, they, they, they are good and beautiful and wonderful, but they have that unhelpful side too. So we're going to talk about that. Um, So let's get started. I'm going to start my episodes with pulling a card because this is what I do in my in-person circles most of the time is we'll pull a goddess card to see what our message is and this is goddess Brigitte don't back down stand up for what you believe is right and she has she I don't know if you can see it but like she's holding this you can't really see it fire Okay. Fire. So, um, what to what this is saying to me is is really about that dream, that fire you have inside of you for whatever it is you want to do or go for, and like don't back down. I think it's a perfect card for this episode. Okay. All right. So let's go ahead and get started. We are going to begin circle with our invocation. So if I can invite you to close your eyes, any of you who are driving, please do not close your eyes. But for those of you where it's safe, close your eyes. And let's start with taking three deep breaths in together, breathing in and exhale. Breathing in again and exhale. One more time, deep breath in and exhale. I want you to just bring to mind being 
in circle with us and use your imagination to determine how big the circle is, how many women are gathered here together with us and just see us all in circle holding hands, feeling the energy of all your sisters surrounding you. We call on Mother, Father God, and all the goddesses who've come before us. We ask that your loving energy and wisdom encircle our circle. Help us to open our hearts, our minds, our ears to receive the blessings that are in store for us today. We thank you for the gifts and the insights that we'll walk away with and for the seeds that are planted and will blossom in their own divine time. Bless us all, hold us all in your light, hold us in your love. We thank you, and so it is. And with that, circle is open. All right, so as I was saying before, we are going to be talking about the sacred money archetypes and making peace with money. Okay, so money wants to be in harmony with you. That is the way we are always going to think and keep at the forefront of our mind is like money wants to be with us. Money wants to help us have all of the experiences and live the exact way that we want to live. Money wants this for us and God wants this for us. So if there is anything that's in the way, that's like not happening in the way that you would like. It's not because money doesn't want to be with you and it's not because God doesn't want you to have it. So then it's like, okay, where am I in the way, okay? And so that's the way I want all of us to begin to think. If we're not experiencing something that we would like in the way we would like, there's a mental, emotional, or spiritual block on our part. God always says yes. Money always says yes. Um, sometimes it may be, yes, um, you know, maybe not right now, but it's still a yes, you know what I mean? So, um, so some of the ways that we may be out of alignment with money, um, may be stressed and anxious about stress and anxious about money, um, unable to save, even though you make plenty, Maybe you actually don't have enough or maybe have a lack mentality, even if you are making enough. Maybe you overspend, but still say, you know, where did my money go? Um, or perhaps you under earn knowing that you deserve to be paid more, but aren't taking action to uh, make more or ask for more. Um, maybe have a hard time charging or over giving to friends, family, not knowing when to say no or have boundaries around money. So these are just a, um, it was more than a few, but the, this is not an exhaustive list of all the issues we can have with money. But these are a few that I've seen um, in my relationship with money, clients' relationship with money, and just talking to other, you know, my coach friends and entrepreneurs. These are some of the things that, you know, come up for us. And so what I love about the archetype work is that the, the archetypes are like a blueprint. They can show us what faulty behaviors are showing up. Like I may not be able to articulate it. I may just know something is not right between me and my money. But then when I look at my archetype and I can see, oh, 
they do this, they think this way. Yep, I do that, I do that. Now I know what to change because I can identify it. I can pinpoint it, okay? Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, all right, good, good, good. All right, take it away. <laughs> all right, so, um, so how do you, how do you, find out about money archetypes like how will you know what your mark your archetype is okay yeah so it starts off with taking a quiz okay so there is a sacred money archetype quiz it is on my website under sacred money quiz and it's about eight to ten minutes long it's a total of 64 questions and you answer each question honestly at the place of where you are with money, not where you think you should be or where you want to be, because the more honest um, that you are in your answers, the more accurate your archetypes will be. And that's what we're shooting for. So there's no judgment around, you know, the answers to the questions. Um, it's multiple choice. It's like um, all the way from strongly agree to strongly disagree. And so the statements just might be something like, I spend every dollar that comes in and it will be like somewhere between strongly agree and strongly disagree. And, and again, it's just like, do it like a science experiment. Uh, there's no judgment. You just are marking the answers. And then at the end, it'll give you, um, it'll list all eight archetypes, but it will score them in order. And we work with your top three archetypes. So all eight money archetypes are within us, within everybody, but it's our top three are the ones that are most dominant, meaning the ones that have the most influence over us. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So what are those money archetypes? Like I mean, can you name a few? Yeah. No. Okay. Let's. We'll go over all eight, and I will just so it's just to be a it'll be a brief synopsis of all eight, and um and this is what I want you to do. Like, let's make this like an exercise and interactive. So I'm gonna list all eight. I want everybody to write them down, and then as I go back and then read the description for each one, I want you to just make a check mark to see like is this something that resonates okay and then you can go back and then or after this episode go and take the quiz to see what your um top three are because this is really where the work will need to be done okay so the first one is accumulator so you can number them one through eight and um we'll just start here number one is the accumulator number two is alchemist Three is Maverick. Four is Celebrity. Five is Ruler. Six is Connector. Seven is Romantic. And eight is Nurturer. Okay. Okay. So you got all eight written down. Okay. Read them again to make sure I have them right. Sure. Okay. I have one as accumulator, two as alchemist, three as maverick, four as celebrity, 
Five is ruler. Six is connector. Seven is romantic. And eight is nurturer. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And okay. I just want to say anytime that um, I noticed in my last podcast interview I did last week, I would, let's say I say I'm talking about the accumulator and then at some point I start calling it the alchemist. So like, if you see me do that, please correct me because I don't want to be confusing people. Um, okay, so we'll start with number one, the accumulator. Um, so each archetype has a nickname that gives a little brief description and the accumulator's nickname is your inner banker, okay? So the accumulators, they have an emotional connection to money. They get great joy and happiness around saving, and they are naturally good at money management. But when they're living in their money shadow, meaning the unhelpful or toxic behaviors, they can feel anxious and worried about spending even the smallest amount of money. What may seem commonplace to other people, um, may is like a is it like a big deal to the accumulator to spend so let's say like i'm an accumulator it's like most people what's commonplace is let's say getting their nails done and i'm like mm, what's the point you know what i mean like <laughs> so that's that's what i mean by commonplace um and they can also be known as frugal but i was gonna say frugal sounds that comes to mind. Um, and when they're living in their potential, they're creating financial independence and being financially responsible. Okay. Then we have, so again, everybody, so um, as I'm speaking or after, then you'll just write a, a check mark or maybe you mark an X so that you know that this one didn't resonate. Okay. So it's going to be the check mark or X. Let's do that. Okay. Then we have the alchemist. This is your inner idealist. And I like to call this the ideas guy. Like, um, you know, in the shows and they have the marketing department, they'll be like, this is Tom. He's our ideas guy. <laughs> like that's how I see the alchemist. They're never short on ideas at any time. Maybe having five, 10 different ideas. They see possibilities everywhere. And I really see their energy as being like, uh, magical or having like this like wizard vibe and they love attracting money in like unusual or unconventional ways but when they're living in their shadow they have a love hate relationship with money and they can care more about let's say the movement or the work or if they're art like care more about the art than they do about money so it's like whatever the work is it's like, this is, this is, you know, the most valuable and like money is way down on the pedestal. Um, when they're living in their potential, they turn their ideas into money, meaning they can create a course or their product, or they go ahead and launch their business, or they take their idea to their uh, boss instead of sitting on it. Like you, you take your ideas and you do something with them versus like, just percolating and you know dreaming okay <laughs> um then we have the maverick this is your inner rebel with the cause they are creative when it comes to generating money they are rebellious and like to march to the beat of their own drum um they like to stand out from the crowd they like taking risks these are the risk takers the gamblers they may look for get rich quick schemes or like easy ways to make money um, and when 
their that is part of actually their shadow behavior is the get rich quick schemes and like looking for the easy route um and they may get themselves into some financial trouble by gambling or you know investing in things trying to you know take the easy route um and they can have financial highs and lows because like balance is kind of boring to them like they like to live on the edge but when they're living in their potential they uh, value and pay attention to numbers and details and they take calculated risk and create a um, sustainable financial income or yeah, let's financial foundation, let's say. Next, we have the celebrity. So we are at number four. This is your inner big shot, okay? They are magnetic and charismatic. They love being seen and standing out and they will use their purchases to make sure they are seen and stand out. And they love entertaining and five-star experiences, you know, like to be VIP. Um, but when they're living in their shadow, it's like they're they're purchasing and trying to stand out from a feeling of insecurity. And so this may mean that they're spending more than they actually have to cover up insecurities or to be seen in a different light. When they are living in their potential, though, they, they stand out, they spend from an empowered place, they they use their, um, their charisma to exude powerful leadership skills and people actually are drawn to them and want to follow and listen to them. Next, we have the ruler. This is your inner empire builder. And I see this as like your inner CEO. She has a deep desire to create an empire where everyone thrives. Like she really wants everyone to win. And when she's in her shadow, she'll continuously work on that empire, like work her fingers to the bone day and night, not wanting to take time off. Um, and nothing is ever good enough. Think about like perfection. She just has to, she just has, she keeps going to the point of burnout. And so like that is a shadow aspect. But when they're living in their potential, they are visionaries, they create things of lasting value and they make big impact and big income. Next, we have, what are we at uh, six? Yes, we are at the connector. This is your inner relationship creator. Their connections to others help them um, create, they actually can lean on their relationship with others to generate income. So think of these people as like the, the networkers and you don't have to be an extrovert. You can be an introvert and still have really deep, meaningful conversations and deep relationships that then you can lean on. Let's say if you need a job or you have a you know, want some people to get the word out about your new product or service. Um, they really value those connections. They value heart-to-heart -heart connections. Um, and they're generally not really stressed about money. But when they're living in their shadow, um, the truth is they may not feel overly stressed on the surface, but deep down, they actually have worry and insecurity about money and their ability to earn. They may um, be isolated, not connecting with other people. And they may not charge and bill for their services 
or even ask for the raise because they feel so connected to the person on the other side of that transaction. <laughs> even if they just met them, you know, because they build deep connections really quick. Then number seven, we have the romantic. This is your inner, go ahead. Mm -hmm. The potential of the connection. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, the potential is they educate themselves around money. They look at their money. Um, they notice the value that they bring in their business or at work and they charge appropriately or ask for the raises. They lean into their gifts of connection, meaning they actually connect with people or they reach out and say, hey, you know, anybody who, you know, is hiring, I'm looking to, you know, change careers or again, hey, I got this product or service. Do you know anybody? Go ahead. Well, I had a question when she finished about the connector because also, it comes to mind a personality type that might use people's connections to try and get over. Oh, yeah. That can be definitely shadow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> it just came in my head. That's all. I didn't know. No. Um, and then, uh, okay, so we're back to the romantic, the inner heated. This is your inner hedonist. And heated, hedonist is... Um, pleasure, like around pleasure, pleasure seeking. So I actually um, call this your inner pleasurist or your inner self-care queen because she loves beauty. She loves the finer things um, and she'll pay like the extra money because let's say there's a red sweater that's, you know, this price and then there's one that's a little more and it's not about whether it's more, it's about like, mm, let me feel the texture of this. How does this feel on my skin? Like she's into textures and smells. And I like to say she might drive an extra five miles to go to the store because they got the candle that has that vanilla scent that she loves that just fills the whole house. And I would be like, but there is a candle store right there. You know, <laughs> my accumulator is very practical. Um, but she she wants what she wants and she sometimes may overspend like this is in the shadow may overspend because she feels like she deserves it she just buys things because she this is like her favorite thing to say is like I deserve it so then the budget may go out the window because I see this thing that I deserve um so um, and sometimes the buying may come from a place of loneliness or emptiness. So that's when they're um, purchasing out of their the, the shadow. Mm -hmm. But when they're living in the, their potential, they find meaning in, and fulfillment in other ways outside of their purchases. And they're actually spending money on the things they really uh, truly desire and the things that really bring them joy versus trying to fill a void. Then last we have the, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I had a question about the romantic because yeah. can it also be tied to creating the, the creating the memory, the whatever the purchases are that say I deserve, is it creating the, the memory of it? Like you fall in love with, I purchased something that I desired and now I have it, but then the value of whatever that purchase was is gone after you purchased it. Like you're like tied to like the, the feeling of the purchase versus the actual 
need of the purchase, I guess. Yeah, no, I I can totally see that being a romantic vibe is it being about the experience, mm -hmm. right? Because that still to me ties into that whole scent, texture, taste, you know what I mean? Like that whole earthly pleasure type of vibe that they have. Okay. Um, whereas let's say, and you know me, like, um, an accumulator, I don't think in that way, if it's not like practical. And so for like you, it may not, or let's say like a, um, romantic, it's not about the practicality. It could just be like, I want this experience. You know what I mean? Even if it's just these five minutes now, I get to have it in my memory forever, but I'm like, but then it's gone. And five minutes later, you just spent $300. You know what I mean? <laughs> Right. Yeah. Right. And but I this is also something to say where it's like it's important, especially let's say like in relationships to understand each other's archetypes, because then one may be judging somebody else's, you know, like the way they spend money. So like an accumulator might really be judging the way a romantic or a celebrity spends money. And it's like, that's just who they are. That And there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes we get we think that everybody should spend money, feel the same way about money. And it's just not true. We yeah. all, because when we think about archetypes, they're like these money personalities. And we'll we'll talk about that in just a second. Um, let's go on to the nurturer, which is the last one. And this is your inner sponsor. Think about this inner sponsor as like the inner caretaker. Um, and so they love being of service. They love helping other people, um, which really inspires them to share their money, share their resources, share their knowledge. Like they love being there for people. They love having, like if you are they, their people, they will have your back. They got you. But when they're living in their shadow, they may rescue people to the point of enabling them, whether it's with money or whether it's with advice. So it doesn't just have to be financial, but it's like they they give to the point of enabling instead of allowing people, you know, to find their own way. Um, and they may have trouble setting boundaries, but when they live in their potential, they can still be generous with their money or their information or resources, but know when to say no and implement boundaries and know how to hold other people as powerful instead of rescuing them. Mm. Okay. All right. Yeah. As the nurturer, it seems like in, in their shadow selves, if that is the case, there's some under, maybe some underlying reasoning why, um, you know, they, they enable people in that way because they need self-fulfillment through those relationships in some fashion, whether it is the, maybe the power that you have in helping and enabling people. Some, some people need that, but also then um, maybe the insecure side is like you get hurt because people take advantage of that, that side of you. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, when, um, and a nurturer doesn't know how to set boundaries, of course, they can be taken care of. I mean, taken advantage of, yeah. Okay. Um, so what I want to say, um, and then we can go back to any questions that you may have is like, because um, I, I forgot, I usually like to do this even before I go down 
the list of the archetypes is really understanding what an archetype is. And a archetype is a, a pattern of thought, pattern of behavior that are universally present in all human psyches. So every archetype, every personality that exists in people exists in us. So all the people who like to watch those serial killers in the first 48 hours, like we have those same personalities in us. If it exists out there in the world, it exists in us because we are all one. And so one that I like to give an example of is like the rebellious teenager. And, you know, we talk about this trope all the time. It really gets on our nerves <laughs> in TV shows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but this is something like we know as an archetype in the movies, but in real life too. And some of us listening may have been this rebellious teenager. And so again, it's a pattern or personality that lives in the collective unconscious, meaning just in all of our psyches and all of our auras is just there laying dormant until the right set of circumstances arise. So let's say this girl was good, doing well in school, and then let's say her parents get a divorce, or maybe someone in the family passes away, and now, bloop, here comes this archetype, this personality, it's like it just awakens, and it's like this mask that comes on, and then it has its own new attitude. Now she's dressing differently. Now she's talking back. Now she's skipping school, and it's literally like this personality, this archetype has just taken up shop is what I like to say. And so that is in general what an archetype is. And there's, I saw a website where they talk about like over 300 archetypes. Cause you think about, let's say like the Casanova or the player, the chef, the teacher, like there's so many archetypes out in the world. So, but they're just personalities that come with their own set of behavior codes um the money archetypes then are personalities that we have that come up in regards to money in regards to our career spending purchases like all of that so when a situation arises it's like now here comes this mask uh or one of uh, again one of our top three money personalities is just gonna pop on and then we're going to act out of those, one of those behaviors, depending on the situation. Okay. So they're always there, but it really just pops on, you know, comes online in a situation in regards to money. And it could be something as simple as how long you take your shower, right? So like <laughs> Clark, I swear my partner, he'd be clocking my showers. That show was a long shower, you know? <laughs> Like, no, you don't, you don't do that to women. But again, like that goes back to like whatever his money story is around showers and how that's going to make the bill go up. And you know what I mean? And although I'm an accumulator and I'm all about keeping track of bills, it's like certain things is just like, no, I let myself indulge there. So I, I actually feel like it's a different personality type. Um, it's not my accumulator that's allowing me to take nice long showers. Right. It's more of my alchemist, which is my third. And, you know, they're all about, you know, just being in a vibe and just like cool and chilling, you know? So all day 
these money archetypes can be coming up because we interact with money throughout the entire day. Do, do we need gas? Oh, it's the third. This The cable bill needs to be, you know what I mean? Like all day, every day, these money archetypes are coming up and acting out and hopefully, you know, in the most positive ways, but a lot of times we're seeing the unhelpful side. Yeah. Yeah. I have questions, but I'm going <laughs> to go further off. But I'm going to stick to what we have here and then we'll, I'll ask my other questions. Okay. Um, so are we born with the money archetypes or how do they form? Like, okay. Yeah. Um, they are really around our personality. Okay. So it's, it, it's more so about just who you are naturally. Um, because sometimes people can think that if you're in corporate, you may be more of, I don't know, let's say like a, a, a ruler type than an alchemist type, but it doesn't really have anything to do with the industry you're working. It's really about who you are as a person and how you interact with um, other people, interact with your environment. So someone asked me on a, a, my podcast interview last week, when she was interviewing me, she said she, um, oh, I get, I actually, I, I used you as a, um, an example, because I remember when we did the quiz, I, I don't remember all of your archetypes. I just remember you were a nurturer because you and Clark both are nurturers um, in your top three. I don't know where the number is, but I gave the example of that's just who you are. It doesn't have anything to do with whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're in corporate. You just take care of your people. And I was sharing how you just met my cousin at the wedding and you're the one getting up helping her with her dress you know what I mean like that's <laughs> that's just you that's I'm sure you were trying to take care of your brothers in some way as a little girl right like that is just who you are and then I gave another example of um you know this person um in my life growing up we grew up in a small town and she would be like, I don't, I don't go out in Muskegon. I only go out in Grand Rapids or Detroit. And it's like, where does this come from? And she was like, I had to have the name brand stuff. And it's like, from a little kid, she had this celebrity personality, right? Mm -hmm. Even though her environment didn't really reflect that, it's just naturally who she was born to be. You know what I mean? Doesn't have anything to do with her, um, you know, whether she what her career is right right and the fact that she you grew up this in the same environment didn't have anything to do with her being like you right <laughs> are you like her <laughs> absolutely absolutely so it's just who you are naturally and the and, and you're going to answer those questions based on who you are naturally and how you interact with money naturally and then that is how you're going to get your archetype so it, it's it is more so about who you are as a person okay yeah now i hope i don't go off on a tangent with this question but I can't help but think of two things and I'm going to ask one and I'll ask the other one later. But since you're talking about personalities, how does this tie into our like human design? Because we have, we have like that as well. I mean, do you find that it coincides 
And you might have to define what a human design is. <laughs> yeah, so um, human design actually is more, like I look at human design as our, who we're here to be energetically. Okay. This is how we use our energy in the world and in our environment. Okay. Okay, so it's who we're here to be energetically. And that's based on, um, like astrology and it's like a chakra system the cabal is like a whole you know but i when i work with my clients we do work at the levels of both of them like because they're both equally important because if i'm out of alignment with my human design energetically then i may be repelling money because i'm just out of alignment period you know okay. what i mean but okay. also one of my archetypes is the ruler the ruler can be in burnout and like to overwork. As in my human design, I'm a projector. I don't have a lot of energy. I need a lot of rest. So can you see how not knowing I can just be like, like one part of me is tired, but another part of me is like, no, I got to get this done. You know what I mean? And then I'm at odds with myself. Whereas now where I understand my human design, I understand my energy, and then I can clearly see when this ruler is coming up and she's trying to push me mm. past my point of like healthy doing, you know what I mean? Right. But I can also see when I'm just mentally trying to say I'm tired because I don't want to get something done and I might blame it on being a projector, but I'm like, no, I know I can do it. You know, <laughs> right. Right. That that's the reason why I can I asked that question because I couldn't help but think that those two can be connected to some degree. Absolutely. Um, so, okay. So can your archetypes change over time? Um, people, people wonder this, um, but so in the money archetype philosophy that I'm, I'm taught and I, I work with, we're taught no. That like your arc, you the archetypes you have now are the archetypes you will always have, and at first that didn't really necessarily sit right with me. But meditating on it the last couple months, I what I can see or what I think is more so the case than them shifting is as you're working on them, you're moving from the shadow side of the archetype and living more in the light and the potential of the archetype. So it may seem like it's changed, but no, you're just not living 90% in the shadow, right? So- Negative part of it. Yeah, okay. so like, let's just say like the alchemist, now that you reconcile, okay, the movement can be important, money can be important. I believe in myself, I can turn my ideas into money, bring them to the marketplace or bring them to my boss. And now you're just like living from your wizardry, you know, and letting yourself be a creator. It, you're gonna feel more distant to the part of you that doesn't like money or the part of you that doesn't believe in your ideas, but you're still an alchemist. You're just living out of the potential. And so when you work with your clients, um, I know that there has to be things like identifying the archetypes is one thing, but there could be barriers like tra trauma-based responses that they learned um, from a traumatic event or just some kind of behavior trait that they weren't even aware they picked up on from their parents or a situation. And so do you find in your work, you have to like 
heal, you know, go through the process of like that journey of healing through that first or? Yeah, I'm so glad you um, brought that up and that came up for you naturally. It's because like, yeah, you know, you know my work. I've done, a, a, you know, majority trauma work and they'll give you a specific example of a client who's a connector. So we know like that's the relationship person. But her second was a celebrity. So it's like this big shot, right? So that like almost can be, but and she's more like the, the softer type of connector, not necessarily the network out talking to everybody. But then second is this celebrity big shot personality. And I'm like, I don't see this celebrity in you. You know, is it is it there? And she's like, yeah, I just don't show it. Like, I I buy clothes that make me blend in because I really want to hide. And so she had um she had sexual trauma. She had trauma around just not feeling comfortable with who she is because her family were they were jocks and she's more into like Harry Potter. And so they made her like not feel okay with herself, right? So that was actually really like the first block we worked through, like the self-acceptance and allowing herself to be different. And then we really just did one deep session around that and the whole family dynamic. And then she um, voxed me, like a messaged me a couple hours later and was like, I just made an appointment with my um, hairstylist and I'm dying my hair pink. <laughs> and, and then like the next week, she... <laughs> Yeah, and it happened just like that, like removing that block, bringing in some self-love and acceptance. Um, and then like the next week she did, I think she maybe did like $300 in online shopping and she bought her like some leopard print and clothes and big chunky necklaces and earrings. And so she felt safer to start letting that part of herself come out and show up online and um, and in her marketing. And it was, it was like been really beautiful to witness. And even more so as we work through like the, the, the deeper sexual abuse and then her being able to like share her story on her podcast. And like, that was one of the things she really wanted to do when we first started working together. She's like, I know I'm meant to share my story of what happened, but I can't right now. So like wow. she allow herself to shine and share her story um, through that healing. So when we can look at your archetypes and we can see, oh, you're not even living into this. Okay, now what's the block? And sometimes, it, again, it may not be deep trauma, but a lot of times there's some kind of trauma there. And one thing I want to say is my favorite definition of trauma is a distressful event. We've all had them. So yes. yes, there's big T trauma and little T trauma, but really we've all had some distressful events that like that stop us that it's like that clenching that happens where like you get that inspired idea to do or say the thing and then that clinch like something stops you like that's that protection mechanism because you've experienced something. And your ego is saying, nope, we don't want to do that again. Or like you tried to stand up and talk in class and then you sneezed and everybody laughed at you. So nope, no more talking in public, right? Yeah. It's just like these little things that, or big, happen. And then it still is preventing us as an adult from being who we want to be. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. Okay. That's great work then. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, honestly, because if you think we all walk around with these things and sometimes they go unchecked for forever. And Absolutely. I can honestly see, you know, that happened with even the, the most successful entrepreneurs. Um, they still have blockage there that prevents them from being their most high self in what they are doing. Absolutely. Um, which could even be, I don't care how successful you are. Like if, if you're not coming from a healed place, uh, it's always going to continue to affect your everyday life and eventually affect your business and affect your bottom line. So great. Okay. <laughs> All right. That just came to my head, but, um, so, so how can we use our money archetypes to make more money? Yes. Okay. That's the question. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure that is a question on everybody's mind. And it can be simple or again, it could, you know, take a little bit more work, especially if there are some traumas and, and blocks. But like the simple exercise I really like to give is if what we've talked about here, right? Like, let's say you notice some of the, the, the shadow things just from, and there's more information on each archetype than what I'm able to share here, right? But just this little, these little pieces, you're able to see or know where you have some shadow behaviors. So okay. then if you like make a column, like two columns on your paper, and then you write out those shadow behaviors, and then it's like, what is the opposite side like if you weren't doing this then what would you what would you be doing so let's say like a connector is um I've been isolated like, you know let's say like a lot of people might have shut down around COVID or after COVID and it like now still having a hard time getting back out there right so mm -hmm. if somebody wrote down like right now like no I'm not leaning on connection I'm not reaching out to people like I'm isolated so then what would the other side of that look like Right. So maybe that's getting back out there networking. Maybe that's reaching out to people, just starting some conversations, because if that is like who you're the personality you're here to express in regards to money, if you're not, your energy is constricting. Right. So you want to be in alignment with that energy you're here um, to embody around money. So wherever you're seeing shadow, I want you to see it as like constriction. Like you're not acting in alignment with the relationship you're here to have with money. So as soon as you begin to stop some of those shadow behaviors, then you're opening up your energy and money can come in right through that opening or even just like insight and intuition on what needs to happen to bring in more, more money. Because when we're constricted, like when we're in shadow, it's like we can't hear. It's like a wall up. We can't hear spirit as clear. We can't hear intuition. Or if we do hear, we're doubting. You know what I mean? So as soon as you stop some of these behaviors, so let's say even for me, the uh, accumulator, that it's one thing to be, there's nothing wrong with being frugal. It's really around the place, the energy that you're coming from, because you can be a conscious spender. But are you being frugal from a place of fear and scarcity? So if you're being, and you know me, I've been here in and out of this place throughout our entire umpteen years of knowing each other. But when anyone is in that um, constriction, fear around money, really you're saying, I don't trust money. I don't trust God. 
So mm -hmm. like you're repelling, you're not in an energy of attraction, you're repelling, right? So somebody, let's say before me learning about archetypes or me before learning about energy, I could have really spent all my life being in fear around money and continuously blocking it. But as you know, if it's just been a journey of opening, then maybe closing, but then knowing I'm not supposed to be, you know what I mean? It's an evolution because there is this awareness here now. So when you can see, again, those shadow, unhelpful or toxic behaviors, it's like, what is the opposite? What does the other side of this look like? And then it's doing the work to get to the other side. And also it's going to take honesty, right? Because mm -hmm. let's say like uh, my client who had that celebrity and they like to shine. Okay, well, what is in the way of me shining? And then she might, I don't feel safe being seen. Okay, why don't I feel safe being seen? And like, that's when you keep asking those questions and going deeper and deeper. And then that's when you get to the thing and you're like, okay, that's actually where the work needs to be done. Okay, and- working with you helps people to like get all the way in, dig deep and um, uncover those things, you know? So it won't, will it feel like work? Like, you know, like what does it look like on the other side of that? Like the feeling, will it feel like, a? It's to me, I just envision it's feeling like a bunch of weight being lifted off of me. Absolutely, like that's general, like that's the number one thing I hear people say about uh, the energy work. It's like, I feel lighter. I can't believe I've been carrying this around. Like, I didn't even know this was this heavy until now it's off. You know what I mean? I had one client um, this was years ago, but it always sticks with me because she was like, she messaged me the next day after we did like a, a deep healing session on um, something she'd been holding on to in a relationship. And she said, girl, I have not slept this good since 1998. And she, <laughs> she was <laughs> Yeah, because like the whole thing in a relationship happened way back then and she'd been carrying it and not even realizing how much it's been weighing on her day to day like, still there you know what I mean and affecting her until she had a real peaceful night's sleep because that monkey wasn't on her back wow. you know what I mean so it's like you carry these things for so long you don't really notice that it's there until it's you notice something's off you know what I mean? But you don't really know the extent of it until it's gone. You know what I mean? Because it's like learned behavior, so to speak. Like you, it, when you, when you take it on and it settles in your, like I say, the fiber of your being, right? It becomes a part of you. And now you, I look at it as like a crossroads, so to speak, like the person you were, you were supposed to be suddenly got off track and now you're over here and you should have been going this way but because this event happened you're off track yes but you're you're okay because you're just moving along and you're thinking you're getting somewhere but you're not because you have this thing that's preventing you right I hope I said that right but. oh no it makes complete sense and I do look at um healing work as helping you to get on your right path because okay. you're exactly right because let's just even continue on that conversation about my client that the celebrity and now she's because of the things that happened to her in her path she's now on this path where the lights are dim she's not really being seen doesn't feel safe being seen she's hiding 
And there's a whole other path of spotlights and cameras flat. You know what I mean? <laughs> like where she's supposed to be being seen and comfortable being seen and people want to see her, but she's on a whole nother different path. You know what right. I mean? Yes. Coping with dealing with what, you know. Exactly. Yes. Side it wasn't supposed to be her anyway. Right. Absolutely. Yes. That's beautiful. Yes. So I have a question. Um, and it just comes up to me like when we first started the conversation, how does law of attraction play into money archetypes? Like for me, and what I was saying was like, you know, when I can envision things, like I, it's a clear path and so knowing, and I just kind of take one foot in front of the other and walk towards it and it usually comes true. And I have a belief of it being that I kind of meld myself with that feeling, so to speak, mm -hmm. and know going to happen but when it comes to the business side of me that wants to create um you know resources for myself I don't have that <laughs> I just it, it I don't know how to create that connection and does does law of attraction apply here or is it a combination or it's like a whole nother conversation <laughs> it, it kind of is a whole nother conversation but then again not really so Law of attraction applies to everything, and um, it's just it's the it's the it's the law of creation. It's the law of thinking. It's the law of energy and and being. So, like our money archetypes, again, when we are acting from the shadow side, we're in that constriction. We're in fear. We're in doubt. We're in whatever that coping mechanism, whatever coping mechanism, whatever it is we're doing to feel, to feel that void, you know, like if you're, um, or that insecurity. So you're more likely going to be attract, you're cutting off the ex expanded version of what you could be attracting because you're more in a constricted energy, right? right. So mm -hmm. if you're fearful about putting ideas out there, then you're just really, you're attracting more fear, right? Yeah. And more doubt. It's just going to keep coming. It's like, you know what I mean? But then as soon as you can start to step into possibility, well, maybe this, and maybe if I try this, then law of attraction picks up and now you're getting more ideas and more ideas. So it's like a momentum that okay. is happening. But I want to say when it comes to our own businesses versus career, there is a difference. There's a difference. We weren't raised to be entrepreneurs. So mm -hmm. like that neural pathway in the brain is still, let's just say new, um, new in the collective consciousness. Whereas ever since we've been born, we've known about going to uh, high school, then college, then get a job. And even yeah. if Go to college is still the next thing is get a job, go work for somebody, get a paycheck. That neural pathway is there. It's set. We know how to walk that path with our eyes closed, right? Um, okay. Some people, of course, still have some issues, maybe or maybe could like self-worth stuff where they don't go for the job that's, you know, paying the more money. You know, like there's that stuff, of course. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to being in our own business, it's really like, I see it like the wearing your heart on your sleeve because it's an extension of your heart, mm. right? It, and I feel like at least for the people who are will be listening to this podcast and you, 
It's coming from your heart. It's not, you're not the person that's like, okay, let me look through the list of products and what's going to make me the most money, right? <laughs> like that's that masculine energy. And we know there are people that do that. They pick that thing. They don't give a shit about it, but they think that people will buy it. So then they build a business around it. And, you know, some people are be, able to be very, very successful, right? But more, um, you know, you like heart-centered, empathic, sensitive people, we're putting things out into the marketplace with our hearts. And mm -hmm. so then it's like, it's like putting your, it's like, it's a vulnerable place and space to be in. Right. And so there does have to be work sometimes. Like for me, for instance, I had to do work around my abandonment issues and my rejection issues that stemmed from childhood, that stemmed from my daddy issues to help me have a sense of armor when putting myself out in the marketplace. And there's still a lot of tenderness and work, you know, to be done with really showing up and being visible to the extent that I could be. But I'm just saying there was a lot of work that had to do with like that sense of rejection, where it's like, it's not that they're rejecting you, like you as a soul, you as your God self, they mm -hmm. are just may not be interested in your product or service right now for whatever reason. And so being able to make that distinction between who I am and then what I'm offering, but they feel like they're the same, you know, in the beginning. <laughs> It's like you're, you're birthing your baby. Yeah, it's your baby. Yeah, it's like somebody saying you got an ugly baby. And it's like, no, no. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's the way we look at uh, our business. Like, we don't want anybody to not want our baby. So we rather just hold it and keep it covered and rock it and love it all to ourselves. But then that doesn't bring us the abundance that we desire. Mm. That makes sense. Um, okay, before I get to my, my final question. I wanted to share with your with the audience, you know, what I resonated with. Like when we wrote down the, yeah. the eight, I put a check, <laughs> and the last one came last, so I checked the other ones first. But what I know to be true, without taking the quiz, is nurturer is probably my biggest. I don't know what order that will fall. Mm -hmm. I would gamble it's number one, but I don't know. The other one would be romantic. So I think between those two, I don't know which one is first, but I resonate. And then the other two that I know it's not my like one or two, but they're somewhere in there is the alchemist and the connector. Okay. The alchemist, um, because of the dream aspect, like I fantasize a lot that I think that has more to do with my horoscope as a cancer than it does my relationship with money. But because you called it out, you know, I can see I am an ideals person. So I like I know that I can envision things and I can create magic and make them happen if I put enough energy towards it yeah. or um, I just let it be a dream and, and let it go. Um, but connector, of course, I just, I do love to connect people. I love to help people like along. So if there's someone that I know over here that can help you with this, I, I, that's more where it is, but I don't really think that equates to money. So I don't know. Well, it might equate to money for them. <laughs> for them, right. Which ties into my nurture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I will say through my journey, um, 
I'm not as much a nurturer anymore. So romantic is still probably where I'm most at, like in the sense of, uh, you know, I, I, I liked, I tie memory to purchasing <laughs> and it feels good and the feeling of it because I'm a feels person right so I I can see where there's some work there that needs really to be done and um so yeah so are you saying I think what you're trying to say is that you're m more in the nurturer's potential or positive side versus shadow side yes through, yes. through a nurturer yes <laughs> Sure. Okay. But I have gotten burned one too many times, yeah. but I understood that it came down to my boundaries. Yeah. And just a little background on myself in case your listeners, someone out there may relate to this. But when I was young, uh, I went from a two parent household and feeling secure and like having like never really, I never was taught to value money in that way. But we always had what we needed. So you know, and I always knew not to ask for too much, but I never felt like I lacked anything. But when I got older and the parents separated, there was a feeling of some abandonment issues that came to play in my, you know, vulnerable years. And that created this sense of insecurity where I wasn't secure before. Now all of a sudden there's all this unknownness that I had to kind of navigate through. And that created this this need to like take care of myself. Like I need to be able to make money, but I had no like knowledge base of how to do that. And so it it went more into the, let's just take care of the needs of now versus the future. Like, you know, so whatever it is I needed to do that was pleasing now, financially better for me now, I would do. Um, but I'm trying to get more in the accumulator. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's somewhere in your like top uh, versus like the low. I know it wouldn't be your number eight because like you, you're the person I still will come to for some, you know. Um, I mean, well, you also have the tax information, but like you know about the credit cards and the interest rates, and you know what I mean. Like you know, you know some money stuff in that way. You know what I mean. <laughs> so uh, I know accumulator has to be. It's like I'm sure it's like in your top five, girl. Yes. <laughs> um, but you know that that, come, that me wanting to know about that not only just for myself but to help others is because I didn't have an awareness mm. a part of my hu human if, I, if there's something I need to know I'm gonna learn it like I don't care if I had to get a certification take a class or whatever like I'm gonna do that so that I can be in the knowledge and then I like to share the knowledge so that's just you know where that comes from but now I need to turn that knowledge into some queens yeah. <laughs> Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so my okay. final question is, how can someone learn more about the money archetypes um, and work with you? Okay. Yeah, so um, again, you want to start with the quiz. So we this was a fun exercise, just intuitive to kind of see, but you never really know until you go through all of those questions. So set you 10, 15 minutes aside. Um, it, it generally takes about eight, but go ahead and set 15 minutes aside so you're not rushing um, and you're like really um, sitting with the questions. You don't have to overthink, but you don't want to feel like you're rushing. You're not on a... Um, the timer. 
Um, so you're going to go to EssenceTurner.com slash sacred money quiz or just EssenceTurner.com. And it's uh, actually one of the buttons on the homepage. And right now you can take the quiz for free um, and even get access to module one of my sacred money archetype mini course. And the mini course is um, a very low price right now, unbelievably low, and you get um, more information on your archetypes and more exercises so you can get to know and understand these personalities and see how they are showing up and operating in your life, maybe even in ways you didn't know. Um, and now once you bring more awareness to them, then you can change these behaviors now that you're there, there in your awareness and no longer unconscious. So those are like the, the two like first beginner steps. You can also book a reading. And this is where we'll take 75 minutes together. You can either have done the quiz first or I can um, walk you through the quiz on the call. And then what we'll do is we'll see where you are out of alignment with money and then how we can use, um, bring these three archetypes into harmony. So now you're working in alignment with money so that you can bring more in or bring more calm in it or whatever your goal around money is. Um, then we can see how to bring these three together, working in harmony so you can reach your desired outcome. Okay. And then further past that is I have a three month program. And this is where we will go through the, um, the sacred money archetype has a whole curriculum that we go through with different exercises and worksheets to really ground you into the potential. So you're living out of the, what I like to call the, the enlightened state of your archetypes. And then we'll also have enough time where we're working through any trauma or shadow stuff or fears that come up because this stuff lives lives in the body. And, you know, we're doing the energy work to help remove these blocks so you can fully step forward into the potential and you're able to live this out beyond the three-month program, like for the rest of your life, because you've cleared some of those blocks that have been holding you back. And that is called Soulful Sacred Abundance, that three-month program. And that is on the website as well. Oh, soulful Sacred Abundance. Mm -hmm. so, so the thing that I'm getting and gathering is that if you are a serious entrepreneur, or even if you're in a career mindset and you want to get serious about your relationship with money, you have to do the work too. It's not something that someone can just wave a wand and say, poof, you're fixed. So it sounds like your course um, working with you will will guide you along that path and you're providing different ways for people to be affected positively with their money archetypes. So that is fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah, I really feel like this is my calling. Money and I have had such a love-hate relationship and it can be, you know, magical and beautiful at times. Like I remember you just used to be in awe of and then I go through periods it's like hey where's the where's my manifestation magic you know what I mean it's just yeah. such an up and down thing that I want to really master the energetics around this for myself and I want to help other people and especially women with the emotional side of money um and it's you know resulted in more money in our physical reality but I just like I wasn't empowered around money growing up. I, I always felt like my money would come from a man. 
that's just yeah. the way I always grew up and thinking. And now that I'm like, oh, I can make my own money and be my own boss. I want to have the best relationship with money so I can make the most money that I can. And I want to help other women with this as well. So like, this is, you know, really the path that I'm leaning into right now. That's really good. I mean, <laughs> it's the world that we live in now as women can be bosses, just like men, and we can command a, a coin just like men, if not more sometimes. And the, sh the mind shift have to, has to take place as well. And we're just not grown up as young girls of our generation to really be in that mindset. But when, when we, if you, for those who have kids, you know, even when you have a positive relationship with money and you're able to generate it, you're creating a mindset for your children to also develop that good relationship. And what I understand about sometimes with people, I was having a talk with my my boss, my director, and she said, you know, she came from India. She has, she came from money, right? Basically, she doesn't work or want for money. And it's a different thought process when you grow up. She's like, her husband wasn't the same. He had to work hard to get to where. And so he has a different value system and relationship with money. This actually real talk happened today. And I was just listening to her because I'm like, yeah, I guess you do have a different mindset when you're used to having it. You don't even think about it. It's not, it's no longer this unattainable thing. It's just there. Just, you know, like it's like an, it's like an expectation. You don't even have it as an obstacle. Yeah. And so when you have a good relationship with money, if you have kids and family look up to you, peers, that can affect other people in a, in a positive way. And if more of us can have that good relationship, then we can create, you know, you know, maybe that wealth gap can lessen a little bit for, for a lot of uh, underserved communities. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for pointing that out. It's so true. Um, yeah, I, I will be doing an episode on what I'm going to call like, what's your financial or money legacy? And it doesn't have anything to do with how much you're leaving behind. It's like, what energetic imprint about money are you leaving your kids and your family with? Like, cause this goes on for generations, you know what I mean? And so the, it can stop with you and you can turn it, you know, if scarcity has been passed down in your generation or under earning, cause you, you know, it's not, you, you learn that it ain't right to ask for more or whatever it is is being passed down in your family. Like you can be the one that said, nope, we're not doing this anymore. We are going after them coins. We are open up and we are receiving. You know what I mean? Like whatever it is, like this is our time now. Yeah, It is. And um, educating, like the mindset is one part, okay? So this is the other part that I think about is educating yourself around money and how to make money work for yourself. So once you can develop that good relationship with money, it's now developing habits, you know, as you're accumulating and bringing that money in to continue the path. Like you have to educate yourself about finances and money. And if you can't do it, you need to pay somebody. <laughs> That's for sure. Absolutely. And setting up that legacy for generational wealth. Like it's, it's so empowering. Like it's, it's incredible. Um, yeah, it's very empowering. So this is great. This was great. And you know how we close circle, as we'll generally say, like what we, what are we taking away from mm -hmm. circle? And so um, 
I know you probably didn't have a lot of information on the archetypes other than what you may see me post online. So mm -hmm. I would love to um, just hear one or two things that, you know, you're taking away from circle today. Well, so yes, you're right. I didn't know what this was, which I'm I'm thankful for because we talk a lot about a lot of the work that you do. Um, but the money archetypes was kind of an enigma for me. And so going through this and just identifying, now I'm really eager to find the results of my quiz. So I'm definitely going to do that. Um, and just understanding, uh, you know, better about, you know, my money blocks, like, and I need to work with you on getting past them because I know that I'm holding my own self back when it comes to it. And I see how this work is necessary um, for you to become a full, you know, full, well-rounded and receiving money entrepreneur. Um, so yeah, that's the thing. And, um, I like how you said that you have to like have your shadows written down on one side and then you have your potential on the other. And the thing that I wrote down was fear and constriction on the shadow side and belief and alignment on the other. And so that was the notes that I took and it, and it resonated with me. Um, now I want to write my list and I can see, I could probably say shadow all day, but I'm not sure how I'm like the work on the potential will be hard, but I'm, I'm up for that challenge. So maybe next time we talk, uh, I can share that list with you. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, because it might be a challenge y'all that, that is, again money is such a tender place for us and you're there's going to be a part of you that does not even want to look at the potential right there's fear there and it's like just love yourself through it and maybe today uh one of the answers for what it looked like on the other side may not come through and that's okay but come back tomorrow or the day out you know like keep coming back and filling in those pieces like if you show up spirit shows up for you so mm. i'm really glad you you brought that up too so nothing has gone wrong. If it's hard, that is totally natural. Um, <laughs> um, and for me, just like having this conversation and like seeing you have your light bulb moments, it's reminded me again, just like this work is important and I'm just so excited to keep sharing it. So like, I'm just taking away, like, keep sharing, keep going, let everybody know about this, bring a much, as much awareness to all this as you, as I can. So, yes. <laughs> all right. And so with that, we are going to close circle. So if you would just close your eyes with me, if you're driving, please keep your eyes open. And we're just going to close with our three deep breaths. So taking a deep breath in and as you exhale, just bringing to mind, seeing us all in circle again, breathing in and exhale. This last breath, just taking in all the love and energy from all your sisters and everyone energetically been involved in this episode now and in the future and exhale. Just feeling gratitude for whatever you've learned, what you're taking away, and the seeds that have been planted. Mm. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. Beautiful. Mm. 
All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And I will see you on the next circle. <laughs> Bye. Bye.